factual basis for discussing our chosen topic. What texts can we rely on to inform us about Paul as pastor? Thirteen of the twenty-seven writings of the New Testament are attributed to Paul. Moreover, roughly one-half of the Acts of the Apostles, the longest writing in the New Testament, is dedicated to recounting Paul's tireless missionary labors that followed his encounter with the risen Christ on the road to Damascus. Hence, a significant portion of the New Testament pertains to Paul. But things are not as simple as these observations might suggest, at least not in scholarly circles. Most biblical scholars do not think that all thirteen of the letters ascribed to Paul actually derive from him. And some scholars, who note key differences between what is contained in Paul's letters and how is depicted in Acts of the Apostles, question how reliable the latter writing is in presenting what he really said and did. I will now take a few minutes to set forth how I come down on these textual questions, so that you will know the grounds for my presentation of Paul as pastor. Let's take care of the simplest matter first. There is nearly universal consensus among scholars on seven of the letters attributed to Paul. The letter to the Romans, the first and second letters to the Corinthians, the letter to the Galatians, the letter to the Philippians, the first letter to the Thessalonians, and the letter to Philemon most certainly come from Paul, or at least were dictated by him. These seven are commonly known as the undisputed letters. I will be drawing liberally from them in these lectures. Three other letters, the letter to the Ephesians, the letter to the Colossians, and the second letter to the Thessalonians, are actually disputed by scholars, as they contain both similarities with and differences from the undisputed epistles. Some scholars who home in on the obvious similarities that exist between these three letters and the undisputed ones argue for their Pauline authorship. The majority of scholars, however, claim that these three epistles contain significant differences especially their depiction of the church in more universal or cosmic terms, and their emphasis on the realized or present effects of salvation. Such differences are best explained, according to these scholars, by positing that Ephesians, Colossians, and Second Thessalonians originated from a circle of Paul's disciples, writing after his death, who attempted to bring his influence to bear on new circumstances. Thus, these three epistles are often called deutero, that is, secondary Pauline letters. The other three letters, the first and second letters to Timothy and the letter to Titus, are regarded by the vast majority of scholars to have derived from an even later generation of Paul's disciples, perhaps at the end of the first century. These letters, usually called the pastoral epistles because they deal with practical ecclesial matters, offer directives to establish churches that manifest a more ordered, hierarchical structure than the charismatic descriptions found in the undisputed letters. In the spirit of full disclosure, I should acknowledge that I am in the minority of scholars who maintain that a reasonable case can be made that all 13 letters attributed to Paul actually derive from him, or at least from his co-workers, and from the circumstances of his life and ministry. But even if the so-called Deuteropauline and pastoral epistles have a later origin, I operate under the assumption that they faithfully convey Paul's spirit and thought, an assumption the Church has made in canonizing them and proclaiming them in the liturgy. Therefore, I also draw on them in offering these lectures on Paul as pastor. Then what about the Acts of the Apostles? 
There is no doubt that Luke, the author of Acts, reveals particular theological and apologetic concerns in his presentation of the early church, including his portrayal of Paul. Nevertheless, where Luke's account overlaps with what we know from Paul's letters, especially from 1 Thessalonians, Philippians, 1 and 2 Corinthians, and Romans, there is remarkable convergence. Hence, I take the Acts of the Apostles as a reliable source for reconstructing the image of Paul as pastor. In fact, I will employ Acts in the next lecture in order to sound forth, as in an overture, several key pastoral themes we see in Paul's own writings. Having addressed the issue of New Testament texts, I now want to turn to a second introductory matter. What formative experiences did Paul have that influenced the way he came to exercise pastoral leadership? I want to reflect on five experiences, two experiences that occurred before his conversion and call to be an apostle, the experience of the college.